0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson, and I'm joined by fellow editor at Mavs Moneyball, Doyle Raider. Hi, Doyle. How are you? I'm good, Kirk. How are you? I'm good. So it's Thursday night. It's the final game before All-Star break, and the Dallas Mavericks held on against the New Orleans Pelicans, 125 to 118. It was a very bizarre game. The Mavericks at one point led by as many as 24 points. Um, I want to say that was early in the fourth quarter just dominating, Uh, and they had sort of toyed with with the the Pelicans on and off throughout the game. Um, Luka Doncic, just as a a subheader to this game, finished with 49 points, 15 rebounds, and 8 assists, and also somehow only managed to score two points and was really going for the 50 piece. He missed the final two free throws of the game. He missed all sorts of shots. His colleagues missed all sorts of shots themselves. The Mavericks once again, showed themselves to be just one of the worst crunch time offenses in basketball, but it didn't matter. And they won. So what, so what did you think about this game? Cause this was like, this just felt like the, the ultimate pre all-star game uh, where one team was ready to just go and then they let their guard down. They're getting dominated. And then the other team that was doing the winning decided that it was time to go to all star break. And then that, I mean, CJ McCollum at one point, I think, hit eight straight baskets to bring them back into this. Like it was, it was a strange game.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the fourth quarter was some very throwback classic Marvs right there. That was, uh, I, I don't know. When Lucas sat, um, down when when he had like you know 45 or 47 points mm. i i i could just feel it i was like he's gonna have to check back in because he's the only one carrying the offense at all and lo and behold he, he has to come back in and score you know four more points or whatever he did and it, it, it just ground to a halt like every good thing that the team had been doing just like fell apart and allowed mm. The Pelicans to go on what was potentially you know obviously they didn't win but potentially a ge- a run that could have you know netted them the game in the end I mean, I mean it, it was, it was just... a
0: disastrous lineup in the fourth quarter yeah so Luca left the game with ten minutes like nine fifty nine Davis bartons enters the game for him they were up one ten to eighty six Luca didn't come back into the game until 635 so he roughly sat three and a half minutes the pelicans at that point had chewed nine points off the lead they were uh, still up by 15 and the mavericks just went into oh shit oh shit oh shit mode and you know luca was taking shitty jumpers or not it was like weird right-handed driving layups off the glass that's really what they were and then no one was getting back on defense And McCollum just kept taking it and kept taking it. And then all of a sudden the Mavericks had to take a timeout with 423 left and they're only up by seven. I mean, this lead got within four points before the Mavericks finally closed the door. It's one of those where I think it's fair to chalk it up to, let's just get to all-star, but. I don't know. It's just it's I'm looking forward to seeing what like Mavs fans have to say on the on the green room because it was it it didn't inspire a lot of confidence despite Luca pouring in a bajillion points. And that's kind of been the thing, though.
1: It's like it's been Luca, and he's been like 40 percent of all of the offensive production. It feels like for the past, (laughs) you know, week plus, I mean.
0: You know, Brunson had a good game tonight. He was extremely efficient. Brunson was huge, but Brunson was also on the floor when the league went to hell. Like the, right. the like, Luca finished with a plus twenty one. So when Luca was in the game, the Mavericks kicked the crap, and then Dorian Finney Smith did too. But he and Luca tend to share the floor together fairly extensively. Yeah. Everybody else was a negative except for Kleber. Yeah, I guess that's not true. It. I, I still don't really understand how this game happened. I mean, you said it. You sent me a text during the game where you said Dwight Powell is the worst defen or worst defensive rebounding center in the NBA, and like I think you're sassing me, but I think you're not wrong I don't think I'm
1: wrong at all with that like it's he he's like the most almost in the best position player when it comes to rebounding because he's in the right area but he's not in the right place and that's constantly like he had what five rebounds tonight that's what you're getting from your starting center five rebounds and I think the rebounding now that Porzingis is gone is gonna be a a major issue Uh, granted you know Porzingis was hurt a lot so he wasn't playing a whole ton but the pelicans you know clean them up clean them out on the glass the mavericks continue to lose the battle on the glass like it's just going to be a thing and because dwight mm-hmm. powell is you know he'll have a a rare game where uh he'll get like 10 rebounds and then Mavs state media will uh be beating the drum of he's actually a good uh rebounder but, i mean it's not really his fault like no it's not it's not i so think he's much- fine
0: like so, Jonas Valanciunas is just so much bigger than him. And there's just these matchups where it's like Embiid, Valanciunas, Jokic. Like the, I don't want to ever say the traditional big in the NBA is back because that, I don't think that's true. But some of the best players in the league for the first time, you know, the last uh, Embiid, Jokic, are like some of the best players in the league are big right now. And that the Mavericks don't have a starting level big. And, you know, Porzingis, say what you will, He's a good basketball player and I would consider him a starting level 5. This is the sort of thing that's going to eat them, which is just wild since they had 6 centers on the roster at one point.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's crazy to think about. Like it's when I watch these games like I constantly just kind of think about what happens in the playoffs when they, you know, teams like literally they started Jackson Hayes tonight because they wanted to go big against the Mavericks, you know. Yep. And Jackson Hayes, you know, kind of destroyed the zone early on. And so they kind of went away from that. But like, this is going to be an issue. Like this yeah. big men are uh, opposing big men are going to be an issue. And I think that our, our friend, uh, Ryan Morton, who uh, loves his Cavaliers would disagree with you that the big man is uh, not back. He The Cavs have like a million big men.
0: Well, and and it's interesting because, you know, I don't want to jump ahead. I still want to talk about this game, but the Mavericks come out of All-Star play break playing the Utah Jazz. Right. And Rudy Gobert is just that's who they might play in the playoffs right yeah. now. And that's going to be a really interesting game to watch with everyone having had rest and and you know the teams pro- hopefully being as healthy as they can be. And and it's just it's been something the past several games. And they they need to find a way to team rebound out of it. Most of the year, the team has actually done pretty well on rebounding, and that's you know whether Porzingis was playing or not, right? And so it's just it's a little it's a little odd to see them struggling quite like this. But you know, some sometimes rebounding really doesn't matter, particularly <laughs> if you're if you're controlling like defense and getting up good. You know, the Mavericks played pretty good defense for. I would say probably thirty five minutes of this forty eight minute game. It's just in those stretches where they didn't play well, they played awful,
1: yeah, and like there was a play early on, I think it was either late first quarter or early second quarter. Luca was just like absolutely battling defensively against Brandon Ingram, and like I was you know it's awesome to see him do that, like he. He shut Ingram down on that possession. Like Ingram put up like a, a ball that bricked off the front of the iron, I think. But uh, you know, that's something you don't always see, and like, or you haven't seen from him. And uh, Jason Kidd, I was on uh, the post game press conference before we hopped on this call. And he was saying that you know he thinks that Luke has always been able to play defense. He'd, it's just sometimes you need to ask players to do something before they actually like commit to it and do it. So I thought that sure. was a pretty. I thought that was a pretty interesting quote from him. But, you know, it's, it's clear. Luca is invested. Is he the best defender on the team? No, not by a long shot. But he's invested in it. He, like, tries. And, like, that's, that's significant.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this is where, you know, Tim McMahon talked about this today on um, the Hoop Collective pod where he said luca has been a lot more self-deprecating about his kind of fitness level. And lots and lots of people have been messaging me lately, you know, kind of finally sort of admitting that Luca just wasn't in good shape for the first 20 games. And the defense aspect of this is really interesting because defense soaks up a lot of energy. It just does over the course of a game. And for Luca to be the player that he probably wants to be, this fitness journey is not. he's going to have to continue it past this season into next season and come into season really in good shape. If he wants to play defense and be like an MVP caliber player, I I suspect that this season has been a little bit of an eye opening one for him. And as they go along, maybe it will be, you know, if, if they, let's just say, heaven forbid, they don't make it out of the first round of the playoffs. He's going to both have to say, all right, Yes, we need better support, but also I'm going to have to commit to being better earlier and longer but it's it's not necessarily fair um so we'll we'll see what's going on with that though i'm i don't know this is this this feels like a game where I would really overreact to it, but i i am kind of looking forward to all star break um this the fact that they closed out. You know, following the the Porzingis trade with a win against the the the, the Pelicans, win against the Heat, which was huge. Um, yeah, they lost to the Clippers, but they basically won. Looking at it here, they won six of their last seven games heading into All Star break. They've got to feel pretty good about that, right?
1: I mean, yeah, like I think this team is in better shape than certainly I would have expected coming into the season. So, I mean, that's a positive, and they're. They're playing great right now, honestly. Like the the win against the Heat was definitely a statement win. Like on the road, like the Heat are a good team, like really good, and the Mavericks went into that game pretty banged up, and you know won pretty handily. So, and then this game, you know they they should have won this game. The Pelicans are, I think they mentioned it on the broadcast. Like after starting the season horribly, they're like twenty and twenty in their last forty games. So they're they're they're. They're not as bad as their record necessarily suggests, but it's certainly a team that you need to beat and uh they did so I mean, I think they have to be happy with themselves going in like they there's some games in there, like the Clippers game that they lost. I was at that game they played very laxadaisical th- throughout it was not a mm-hmm. good it was not a good showing, but other than that, it does seem like this team, when they do have games like that, respond like they bounce yeah. back. And, uh, that's something you haven't always seen, but, uh, you know, from the Mavericks in the past, but I guess that's, uh, kind of their identity
0: now, if, if we can, uh, if we can say that, well, I really don't think there's too much more to hyperventilate about during this game. It's probably best. Like I was, I had the game on, I had house guests over and, um, Uh, one of them was like very fascinated by the fact that I do this and it's just like, well, at the end of the day, I tend to do this because I'm either going to talk to my friends about this online, or I'm going to talk to my wife about it. So it's good that we have these outlets to talk to each other because most people are most normals don't give a shit about the Mavericks beating the Pelicans in a random game in February. But, um, so coming up after just like kind of looking ahead a little bit, you know your work schedule is a little bit different. Are you gonna be? Able, are you gonna be able to make it to a few more games, kind of down the stretch here? What do you think? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to go to the ones on the weekends when I can, mm. but uh,
1: weeknights probably probably not so much anymore. Just it's I, I
0: don't work. No, it's a grind. Me. When you have a yeah. normal job, it's a absolute grind. And yeah, it's 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 hard. Yeah, and, it, it's, and it's, it's and it's out of the way
1: now. Like I don't work like you know close to the arena anymore. So right. Getting there is not a not the easiest thing
0: no because it's 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 you know we watch these games at home and it's a two hour and 20 minute commitment when you go to the game even as a fan when you go to the game you're committing four and a half to five hours of your day yeah. to kind of be it's it's a slog definitely
1: like mm-hmm. since, since they've moved all the press conference stuff to zoom like i don't go to the games as early as i used to to you know get cause you, I don't have, you know, press conference or locker room access. There's, there's tiers of access nowadays because of uh, COVID regulations within the NBA. Like there's only a handful of, you know, reporters that do have, you know, at least press conference access at games. Uh, no one has locker room access to my knowledge. Nope. It's uh it's, it's all very, it's all very new kind of environment, even though it's been like this for a couple of years now, but it's, not how it was like ever. So it's yeah. definitely like it's it's changed the reporting experience, at least on my end. And uh it's still getting adjusting to that, but uh honestly I don't mind the Zoom stuff because it's you know, I I I can sit on, you know, the couch or something and listen in and like ask questions if I need to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's nice. Yeah. All right. So thank you for hanging out with me, Doyle. Um, For anybody who didn't know, it was Josh's birthday, and he was going to, like, do stuff, and I yelled at him and said, absolutely not. Um, He should not have to watch the Mavericks on his birthday. Though, the fun part, and, and, you know, I was trying to explain this to my mother, like, this season can feel like a grind at any point, but then you're watching a game that Luca drops 49 points with just – it. he dropped 49 points in about 35 minutes. I think he might have had 45 points in 32 minutes. And though he finished the game with, he ended up playing 38. I mean, he just, the things he does when he gets on these scoring fits is just, it's wild. It's worth, like, it's always worth kind of keeping an eye on a Mavs game now, which I like that part of covering this team because we've just done it in the past. Pre-Luca, kind of tail end of Dirk's, you know, post-prime where, you get to this part in the season, and it's just hard to watch because there's not like nothing super exciting was going to happen. But with Luca, he's drawn at a fan on the sideline, and it was just it was just fun. It was a fun game. I like. I'd like to hear uh, Dalton's firsthand account of uh,
1: Luca jawing at fans uh, down, down there in smoothie king i mean i made
0: the joke that 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 <laughs> the, the fan like luca was yelling at dalton which you know that, I, felt... <laughs> that would be incredible if that ever happened i would i would pay good money to see that i mean I, I i couldn't figure it out but but our guy panda hank uh panda hank 41 on youtube go follow him uh essentially noted that there was a fan calling luca some some inappropriate names and i'm trying to remember was it mellow who got somebody kicked out this year for doing for, for talking, but it's just like, like, you know, these, like, if you sit close to the game and watch your mouth, like these dudes are still dudes, like saying dumb stuff to them doesn't work out well for you as a spectator. It's just not that hard. Right. And like the guys sitting behind uh harp and follow
1: well, like you could hear them swearing on the broadcast. They were really loud. Like it was (laughs) like, it, it, it like it wasn't just like the normal words they allow on television these were like hbo words they were yelling out it's
0: amazing i didn't yeah. catch that at all oh yeah all it right was, man it was crazy thanks so much for hanging out on part of your thursday i hope you enjoy your friday and you and i will talk soon but guys go ahead and uh, give, a, give us give us a follow if you are not subscribed to the podcast and stay tuned tomorrow afternoon for the uh, post game locker room i'm sorry it's now green room which will go up on your feeds and, and probably, you know, right before your drive home from work. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll talk at some point during uh, the All-Star break, guys.